0: You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network.
1: This is 80's Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris.
2: Desolate planet. He is a soldier. In the sense of the word, alone with his enemy. Awesome. Don't you understand English, toad face? I don't love you, and you don't love me. Brokeback planet. <laughs> his suspicion will change.
1: To tolerance. This is my life. Why? I need to look at another face, even as ugly as yours. And I tolerance. cannot quit you.
2: <laughs> I cannot quit you. To friendship. We should open up a little place here. I can ruin the food. You could scare away the customers. <laughs> customers. <laughs> and with that friendship, <laughs> will come an overwhelming responsibility.
1: Must be a parent. Don't get around, Jerry. You must take
2: my place. Protecting a life he values more. It really is Big Black Black Planet. It
1: is. I mean he has a love child and everything.
2: (laughs) Dennis Quaid. Lewis Gossett Jr. And that's it. And the kid Peterson's enemy mind. Welcome back to Asia Visited, first show of the new year. Hope your new year was as exciting and interesting as ours was. Anyway, I'm Trey Harris. I'm Daniel San Angelo. And our loyal producer Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And we are here to talk to you about a movie you probably never heard about until maybe three seconds ago when you. Started this <laughs> podcast because you're a loyal listener. Enemy mine. Now, this was directed by one of my favorite directors of the of the era, I would say, uh, Wolfgang Peterson. Before we get into all the details or anything, Wolfgang Peterson. So this movie is uh this I must have a disclaimer, this is not one that I ever watched back in the day. This is mm-hmm. one that was recommended to me as scared like
0: scared the hell out of me. <laughs> watch watch on the video.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can watch us live on YouTube right now. Or you yes. can revisit it on YouTube and as uh, Jesse and Melissa's cat scares Daniel. Yeah. YouTube.com slash awesome pods. And we will continue to watch as I continue to talk. Uh, it looks like it, it, froze, froze, it froze up. It froze up, so
1: never mind. So that's been the uh, how it's been going all day. So that's just the way it's going to be, I guess. But we just roll with the punches here at the APN. Yeah. If it's frozen on YouTube,
2: apologies. So just listen. Yeah. Like everyone else. Just imagine else. our mouth moving. Yeah, are not so much. Not, not this episode, at least. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, Wolfgang Pearson also directed uh, one of my favorite movies of all time in the form of Neverending Story. Uh, he also directed uh, a very good uh, film that brought him to the attention of Hollywood called Das Boot, about a, a German U-boat. Uh, very good, very long movie if you're watching the director's cut. It's one of those that if you go into the video store in the 80s, it was two VHSs. Oh. So you knew, I better set aside a weekend for this. But it's, really, it's a very good movie, uh, worth watching once. But anyway, so that, uh, I came across this because a friend, uh, a friend of mine just said, like, this is a movie, you, should, you know, I know you like science fiction, but this is one that you might never have heard of. And at that point, this was probably the early 90s when I saw this movie mm-hmm. for the first time. So this, this, a disclaimer, this is not one of the beloved movies. This is not The NeverEnding Story by Wolfgang Petersen. This is Enemy of Mine, the movie I saw, you know, 10, uh, 20 years ago, excuse me, since it's 2014. And 10 would have been 2004, and I would have been 24. That's it was the early 90s, so I'd had another 10, because I'm an old codger. Mm. But anyway, this was released originally theatrically December 20th, 1985, IMDb 6.8, which is pretty good for an IMDb score. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 59% critics, 69% audience. So, critics, yeah, majority liked it. Uh, audience, about the same as IMDb. So... Uh, Let's see, uh, uh, budget was $40 million estimated. I couldn't find a concrete total. Uh, I guess for that time, what, we see, what you see in this movie might equal $40 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to say, honestly. Uh, opened, one point five Domestic gross, $12.3 <laughs> 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 And that's a reference to the end of Daz boot. Spoiler. <laughs> Only those who've seen it will know what I mean. Uh, but if you haven't, just forget I made that sound effect. Anyway... Uh so needless to say, this was not a hit by any stretch of the imagination this was if the budget was forty million this a lesser studio would have been sunk the, you know this was a uh I grant I couldn't find any worldwide gross or uh rentals, but still uh, making up a thirty eight million dollar de- uh, excuse me a twenty eight million dollar deficit that's that's a stretch
0: unless they got something on action figures if
2: that's. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they made the action figures for uh, what's his name from Last Starfighter, they could have just mm-hmm. repainted him as <laughs> uh, Jerry in this movie. But like I mentioned, directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who is a very good director in my opinion. Uh, not so much lately. With uh, I think the last thing he did was maybe the remake of the Poseidon Adventure, which sucked. Uh, I guess I really can't fault him totally for that because visually it was pretty good. Uh, even Kurt Russell couldn't save that disaster piece. But anyway, but he also directed uh, Air Force One, Harrison Ford. Of course, you know, Get Off My Plane, Harrison Mm -hmm. Ford versus Gary Oldman. Great film. And like I mentioned, Neverending Story, which will be done on this podcast shortly because it's truly never-ending. My love for it is (laughs) never-ending. I was trying to tie it in quickly. I didn't think about it after I misspoke. But uh, it was written by Ed Kamara. He did the screenplay, and it was based on a story by Barry Longyear. Of course, starring a poor man's Harrison Ford, Dennis Quaid, as Mm. Willis Davidge. Uh, of course, he was in interspace, uh, the first GI Joe, and everybody's all American. Uh, I don't dislike Dennis Quaid, but he's not that good. No nope. To me, I mean, is anybody dis- Shots, disagree fired.
1: With me? Shots fired.
2: Shots eh, fired. I agree with you. I don't think he's that good of an actor. He's. Just, he, he's. He, I feel the same way about him as I do. Before, I feel about Ethan Hawke. If you want Harrison Ford and Tom Cruise in your movie, but you can't spend the forty million to get them. You spend ten million and you get Dennis Quaid and Ethan Hawke. <laughs>
0: That's
2: my opinion. They're, they're both poor men's versions of their respective actors. Uh, but uh, Louis Gossett Jr. was Jerry. Of course, he was in another '80s classic, Iron Eagle, and also an Officer and a Gentleman. His most famous role. I think he actually won an Oscar, won an Oscar for that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, as the drill sergeant. Not like Arlie Army's drill sergeant, but <laughs> almost as bad or uh, tough. I guess I should say. Uh and then the only other person of note in this entire film would be Brian James. Uh he's Stubbs. He was the you know, the balding mullet. The you know, he has a Hogan hair, you know, uh balding on the top and long in the back, like his hair sliding off the back of mm-hmm. his head. Uh, but he was also in Blade Runner, uh Fifth Element and uh something else, but I forgot. Definitely uh, fifth element is what I remember him from. Yeah. I think that was one actually one of his uh, last roles, maybe. Because he is he did pass away. Oh, Tango and Cash, that's the other one I thought yeah, but uh, anyway... Like he I released
1: said, something in 2005.
2: I knew it. He's not dead. He's hanging out with Tupac and Biggie. That's, oh, he did he was a, one of the vo- oh, additional voices in the Spawn TV series on HBO. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, but he's dead, so rest in peace. Yep. He always played a villain, well, except Fifth Element. That's like the only thing I can honestly say that I can remember him from where he was not a lackey trying to kill the protagonist of the movie, so... Uh, he's a habitual offender, as far as that, those roles go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, like I said, uh, and I I, uh, I came to this movie very late. This wasn't one I saw in the 80s. Uh, as a kid, I probably would have been bored with it. Just spe- pure speculation. However, as an adult, I really, really, really like the story, the core story of this movie. It's a really good story. But it's just, it's so 80s. <laughs> it's in, in the in the in the bad respect as far as the movie goes, and that's not saying I'm I'm not saying I think the movie's bad. I think it has a lot going for it, but just the the look, the, the way they executed it. Yeah, the execution was, and again, not, Wolfgang Peterson's a great director, but it's just so. And like I said, there's nobody really know to describe it except like it's just so 80s. It's <laughs> uh, let me phrase that 80s soap opera. Is how it's kind of handled. Because uh, uh, the plot
1: sounds like it'd be something that could work. Like nowadays, they're trying to do these uh, one or two people starring in the entire movie. Yeah. Robert Re- uh, all is lost with Robert Redford and Gravity and. Buried with just Ryan Reynolds doing oh, yeah, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So Which, it sounds like something that could work, even on an indie level, something that we could shoot. Yeah. You know, just two people. Oh, definitely.
2: Uh, but. Uh, Oh, this was there was some I read this but I don't forgotten I didn't write in my damn notes but there was a uh, another older movie that was a similar premise about the World War Two with a German and a uh, American you know like we're not going to fight or you know we're going to work together to survive uh, I'm not sure which accent that was but it was one of the characters <laughs> we are going I to mentioned. survive <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean the 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 base story here about two opposing ideal uh, in this case you know it's sci-fi so you have a another race. Which that can relate to it too. I mean, because let's face it, Louis Gossett Jr. is an African American. Dennis Quaid is a white guy. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of underlying themes there. But the core theme of the movie is like, you know, no matter how we look, no matter what color we are, or, or what we eat, or our pronunciation of words, you know, we're all, for lack of a better word, human. Hmm. Which psychologically is literal because the alien is played by a human being and not a real alien. He's human on the inside. Good. Bam. Totally did. We're done with this movie. Drop the mic. (laughs) It wasn't attached to the wall. No, but seriously, Uh, and I'm kind of taking doing my thoughts first, which is rare. But I'll get to you in a second, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is this is honestly a movie that I could uh, I could truly say that I would like to see this remade, but Hmm. done really really dramatically, because there's there's several (laughs) parts of this movie where if it was done right, or let me rephrase that, if it was done a little better. Mm-hmm. A lot better in some cases. The emotional impact of it could be really good because mm-hmm. there are some scenes in here where they—I don't—I wouldn't say they have good chemistry. They have good ke- Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. have good chemistry for a TV show, not for a movie. And that's not to say that Louis Gossett Jr. did a bad job. I think he was a great character in this, personally. Uh, Dennis Quaid was, as you heard in the trailer, like, "Oh, you should open up a thing and not be the manager and you could scare away the customers." I mean, he's always—he's like a. I don't know. Like he's like a redneck, but he's not a redneck. He's just right. he keeps he's the one that kind of keeps falling back on this. Like oh, we're still enemies at heart, you know. But again, the <laughs> the core drama of this movie could be such a good remade movie in the right hands, like like an emo- emotional movie because uh, of course if you haven't seen it, I'm about to spoil some big plot points in it. Uh, then uh, Lewis Gossett Jr.'s race is they reproduce themselves. They're basically asexual, and they don't they can't control it. They just produce another one and. That's sad, and uh, they normally don't die during childbirth. But Louis Gossett Jr. dies, uh, so then Dennis Quaid is left with the child. In in essence, like we said, joked about Brokeback Planet, their child, yeah, because exactly. they're then friends. So he's raising him. But they have a, There's a really good scene in the movie where they talk, where Louis Gossett Jr. is talking to him about how, you know, for his child to be accepted by his race. He has through. to stand in front of the elders of his race, and his family lineage needs to be read to him, and then they accept him. Hmm. So, you, and you know what's coming. I mean, you know, like there, he's saying that because that's going to tie into something later. Naturally, he dies. So then Dennis Quaid goes through the whole thing of like learning his lineage, and he learns Dennis Lewis Gustin learns his really good scene, and of course, it plays off in the end when he reads it to him, and you know they do it with a voiceover. Instead of actually showing it like he read it and you joined his race and the races are in peace. you know, the peace is to the galaxy because of this union of sorts between these two. Hmm. But it's it's just it's just there's just that 80 that bad 80s thing in it that just yeah. stops it from being, I would say it's it's, a, it's barely a classic to me. like it's it's one of those you can see the potential. It's good for what it is, but it, it could be great. Not to repeat myself like
1: four times, which I think... It's like I some 80s did. architecture, like in a house. You yeah. know, an 80s house is just like, yeah, it's still a house, it's still okay. But these
2: colors were a little different. But I'd rather Ooh. a brand new house.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Uh, but Daniel, uh, I would assume it's safe to say you never even heard of this movie or seen yeah. it until whenever you watched it recently. Yeah. So what, what were your opinions on Enemy Mine?
0: Um, like when I started it and I saw the... And yeah, the, the beginning plot and stuff.
2: I was like, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when they're in their <laughs> ships and all that, and it's, it's <laughs> like they're in a cardboard box.
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, it's not going to be a watch over A couple days, of weeks yeah. or something. <laughs> I watched it all in one sitting. I, I enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, when you were talking about having a modern-day version, the only thing I could would wonder is if you made the Drac a little bit more a little bit more humanoid, so you can relate with it better. That mm-hmm. to me, that that was a little drawback because you really feel the emotion yeah. in an alien. Could a person feel an emotion in an alien or something? That, I mean, yeah. have you thought about that? No. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: I, cause I, I think because Louis Gossett Jr. is like probably the best thing about this movie. Yeah, he is. Because uh-huh. uh, I thought he emoted really well. And uh-huh. even though it looked like he had a mask on the whole time because it's I mean, his, <laughs> it you can't exact. see it, but uh-huh. he's like, you know yeah. in it the looks, trailer it looks pretty it's kind of yeah. like like
0: like uh i would like to see this movie remade but
1: maybe not something not so totally different i don't know i mean that, it, that's just maybe my it take just on two it. people taken to a different area i mean it wouldn't be the same movie obviously well, you get the same you idea. Could say
0: yeah like two two different space two different people from two solar systems things like yeah. that but uh uh, Kevin Costner, uh, Kevin Costner. Dennis <laughs> <Nope. laughs> <laughs> Quaid's acting is hilarious. It in really, some parts. It, it really it is. It makes you laugh. It really because is. Because he, it's like he tries too hard and it doesn't work. Yeah. Especially with some emotional outburst
2: <laughs> Now, as you'll see when we watch Interspace on the podcast, like he's a great comedic actor. Like mm-hmm. he's, cause, and as you, and, you know, as you, we obviously laughed at some of his stuff in here, like, Dennis, that, that's why I can't take him seriously, I guess, because he's mm-hmm. always, I don't know if cheesy is the best word for yeah, it, but it's I just, agree. I can't yeah. take Dennis Quaid like dramatically because there's mm-hmm. always an, a layer of silliness, for lack of a better. The storyline
0: is good. And after the kind of the initial holding the baby, and you're like, oh, God, it <laughs> looks stupid. To me, it looks stupid, but then like carrying on his back yeah. and that, the background, I'm like it, it was nice. I like it. I didn't want Lewis Gossett to die, but it kind of made the storyline a little bit more. Yeah. And you start to got the the feeling he had for that kid, mm-hmm. even though I had nothing to like do with. Like when it, they played and, football, yeah. When he was <laughs> telling him about stuff, and like, uh, when when he found out the kid was going to the uh, the, the miners. mines, yeah, yeah, the the <laughs> literal
2: mine they put in the end. <laughs> so, but and he freaks out. Oh, and okay, the, I enjoyed my, it more than I thought I would. I'm glad to hear that because yeah. uh, I'm glad that the the story. Can go, you know, can emerge past some of the f- failings of the film, but mm-hmm. uh, another like really good scene before I get to one of like ridiculous the ridiculous parts when he's talking to the kid and he's like, "Why do you have five fingers?" Mm-hmm. You know, like that was like that was kind of that kid mm-hmm. did a great job. I should have wrote his name down to give him props on the podcast, but uh, he was great. You know, and that whole little thing like, oh, "I have Bumper f- Robinson's five. Is his real name," is that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Let's See what he looks like today. Wow, mm-hmm.
0: is he? He had three nominations.
2: Oh, he did. Oh, he's oh, he was behind in the lines. He's done some stuff, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess he it looks like he does voiceover work. Yeah. Oh, he's the Falcon and a lot of the Avengers stuff. Wow, interesting. Markham Margins there. Oh, he was in the Smurfs too. Or Machine. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: what? Star Wars. The old Republic. Oh, me and Jesse great. played that game. Yeah. Oh, together. Metal
2: Gear Solid too. Wow, he does a shit ton of voice work. Trask. Interesting. Bumblebee. Good on you, lad. Keep, keep it up. Keep it up. He's nice. Good job for him. I should have. I definitely should have wrote him down. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I mean, he he appears in the last what thirty minutes of the film anyway. Not that he didn't make an impact. I mean, he, he did a great job. But I, uh, here's one of the things that they have to change in a remake: when Dennis Quaid gets shot, he shouldn't get shot first of all in the heart, <laughs> and then he gets found before dying. And they and think it, he's dead and then a lot of time passes. Yeah, that, I mean <laughs> had to, I mean, there had to be at least a couple of days here before they put him they find him and put him on the ship mm-hmm. and are about to shoot him into space.
1: He's in family matters. Okay. Oh? And I, I know exactly what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> I really do.
0: I bet you he he played in um the Michael you know how they had the Michael Jackson movie about his family? It was like a oh, big yeah, one, oh, it VH1 was a big called the Jacksons. Yeah, and he, have Vanessa he, Williams he, in it and he's in that. He plays one. I think he plays Jermaine. Wow, Jackie, Jackie, yeah. Jackie, Jermaine. Good call, though. Jeez, mm-hmm.
2: you, you knew. If, I mean, if family matters, <laughs> there, if should, his
0: family matters, I know it <laughs> exactly. That may be a bad
2: thing, but <laughs> know, no, no, we all have our it's a good our thing. guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a guilty pleasure, but you know, that's yours. But go, yeah. Like in the remake, that would have to change. Yeah. You know, I mean, or that that. I forgot about that. I knew he got found, and he goes back and tries to rescue him. But I, I completely forgot that he got a hole blown in his chest, and like they show it too when he's laying down. I mean, yeah. it's in his heart. Like he is dead.
0: That would have been bad though if they ended it there. Like, yeah, like, talk the about a ending. Black. <laughs> you and see then, then the kid just in the mine, like doing work. And yeah, then face <laughs> to black.
2: Ten years later, <laughs> it shows him old, <laughs> and he gives birth and dies, and the kid, the he, like, his he baby back dies. Goes, I wish
0: I had five fingers, and then it dies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: enemy mine the sad the downer ending version <laughs> enemy miners. <Yeah. laughs> that, that's the and uh, I'll get that into the trivia in just a second but that, you know the whole point of the movie is enemy mine like mine enemy my enemy my enemy is my friend you know that kind of psychology right. but then they literally go and put a, a literal <laughs> visual mine at the end of the movie to, it's like
1: some producer came and was like where's the mine <laughs> oh shit it's not really that kind of movie I don't I, understand I don't it. get it there must yeah. be
2: mine <laughs> There must be a mind. And they literally add a mind to it. But uh, my only other complaint with the film is that they kind of become friends really quickly. Yeah. Like... He, he learns English.
0: He's amazing at learning English.
2: Well, that's a... Honestly, that's a common trend in any movie like that. Like 13th Warrior with Antonio Abanderas. Yeah, <laughs> like, I remember that. we sit by the campfire three nights, and all of a sudden, I speak <laughs> yeah. your language now. Stop insulting me in your language. Yeah. It's like, See, damn! But, but I guess Rosetta Stone! I... I <laughs>
0: Rosetta-owned.
1: <laughs>
2: Rosetta-owned.
0: <laughs> yeah, Rosetta yeah. I guess you can't invest in that much time because you have Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Which did a good job in slowly pacing yeah. him learning the, the new... Yeah, theme. but let's
2: be honest. When you rewatch Avatar, you watch the last hour. Usually. <laughs> I mean, I know I do because that's mm. when Stephen Lang's in it mostly and he's, he's great. He's a great villain. But yeah, uh, mm. I'm glad that you liked it. Uh, uh, it it's...
0: If it came on... A month from now, I might put it on. Like it, it, it wasn't. I wasn't blown away by it. But yeah. It, it, I thought it was okay. And I mean, it's. a I think this is a good it's movie. It's a solid
2: movie to me. Solid. Yeah. This is a great movie to where the power of the story mm. can just. And that's rare, I think, to where like okay. there's a. Oblivion had a great story, but eh, I'll never ever watch it again. Mm. Never saw it. <laughs> Same. Mm, I wouldn't me. recommend it, but if you want. Did you recognize Baton Rouge in any of it? <laughs> No, it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of craters so and a lot of white rooms. Yeah, so. I figured. And mm. then there's mountains. I don't know if that wasn't Baton Rouge, so right. But uh, you know, it's it's to me it's rare to see that to where a story. is is really really good, and the other trapping. You know, it's like a it's like the, it's like Charlie Brown's Christmas right now, tree it has a great meaning, but I, it's not much to look at.
0: I tell you a huge example where the story's cool, and the premise is cool, and the acting sucks, and it's Saw. Hmm. I think I think the first Saw was was really good.
2: Yeah, the, the story to- is great. And I don't Good know who you Lord. are. There's no way you saw that coming at the end. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't see how... There's It's one of those things that there's no clue. There's nothing...
1: Huh? I don't think I saw that.
2: The original Saw? Like, I didn't see it all the way through. Oh, like, yeah. I
0: it's I... just Carrie Hillies. I love him. God. Yeah, I mean, he's bad. the man in black. He's you know he's <laughs> Princess Bride and Robin Hood, mm-hmm.
2: men in tights. and. But, uh, I mean, of course, we, talk, we we've used that as an example before for other things. But, I mean, they did have to shoot it. You know they had to use some rehearsal takes for some things, uh-huh. but I mean Danny Glover's terrible in it. <laughs> I mean there, nobody nobody does anything worthwhile acting wise in that movie. Uh, but like I agree, like the, the story and the end is just like damn. Yeah. And then they went and made like eight more of them, and mm-hmm. which they shouldn't ridiculous. have made anymore, But but that's money. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, it, but, I mean, that,
0: that's love. So she went ahead
2: and mm, fucked some guy, but that's, that's love. love. What can I do about it? <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it when we talked about it before, but you know, Saw became the horror franchise of the 2000s. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in the 80s, you had activity. Nightmare and Halloween and uh, Friday the 13th, and then you kind of had nothing, no franchise worthy stuff come along, and then Saw became a franchise under itself. Paranormal Activities, I guess, the current one, yeah. regrettably. But, uh, <laughs> you know, all these. Speaking of which, I saw The Conjuring. Quick aside, and like a lot of people said, it was scary. And like, I want to see it. I guess you didn't like it. No. Okay. I don't know if I'm. Honestly, I'm starting to really reviews on IMDb. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but like, I've seen this same shit before. You're not gonna get scared anymore. Yeah. I mean, um, Mm. if a movie comes along, I'm I'm looking actively, always looking for a movie to scare me. And I'm not big and bad, trade not scared of the dark or whatever, you know. (laughs) But I. You know, and it, this got such uh, *Conjuring* got such good reviews, right? And like, our friend Joe was like, "Dude, like, I couldn't watch it at night." And I'm like, "Damn, this dude was in Iraq, Afghanistan. And he couldn't watch. You know, he got creeped out watching *The Conjuring*. And I watched it in, the, in my game room by myself while I went to sleep. I was like, meh. I want to watch it." You might. I mean, I'm saying yeah. it's a, It's <laughs> not a bad movie. It's worth. It's better than any of that uh, paranormal activity or uh, *Saw* mm-hmm. stuff that we were talking about earlier. I mean, it's it's got a, a story but it's got a story that it's this An- it's Andrea. it's Amityville. It's Amityville yeah. but with, yeah. you know, a loving couple like, you know, we, no, no no no, Amityville was it. They brought the couple in to go talk about it and all that shit. So yeah, it's fucking Amityville. <laughs>
1: it's the same movie.
2: Andrea was uh freaked out.
0: She, she she hates scary movies that involve real real things, not like a a ghost, or any, as in something strangers. physical. Oh, S- the stranger that, scared the hell out of her. That's that, just because of the fact that
2: it's people. Yeah, it, it can happen if possible. You know, one of the- And honestly, that's probably uh, one of the last. I was trying, as I was telling, like you know, mm-hmm. looking for a scary. movie, That's probably one of the last movies that I can actively remember as being one of them that actually scared me. Yeah, there uh, was a like like or, or I was creeped out after watching that movie. Like the scene where she's just talking on the phone and in the background. In the background, he, he just walks in and then walks out, and it's yeah. like that is. That is the shit that creeps me out. Yeah, you get the arms raised, and then it's a great ending because, like, you know, you were home. You're like, yeah, we when there is no reason, and that's that's what makes that's why they had to go screw it up with you know Michael Myers. Like, no, there's a reason why he kills everybody. They, I remember when
0: we thought about doing that little that's 10 minute like short with mm-hmm. the the scary one, where there was a moment where kind of the lights flicker. We were at the location where. If you're looking at the front door, looking up, you could see upstairs and downstairs. And uh, I was thinking about this in my head, like different ways to go about it. And one of them was, you know, the light turns on, so I go downstairs to look at it I turn it back off. And then when I go back up, it turns on again, and then you barely see somebody
2: walk by. Like, yeah, like that would freak the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, and like that's <laughs> the only still thing the script. <laughs> that's the only th- that kind of stuff. I'd agree with your wife on that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's the kind of you know I don't agree with a lot of her politics and all that, but you know I agree with that. But um, mm-hmm. that's and I guess b- because ghost. Now I-, I have never had a ghost encounter. I me you either. know I-, I would love to. I'm not saying they don't exist, but just like they don't exist. <laughs> I, 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 I can't say for, for sure. It to I would. Too. Lo- I would love. You know, I've played with a fucking Ouija board before, like you see in all the movies. Milton Bradley's Ouija board, exactly the ones that are mass produced in a factory that my wife are scared to death of. That's and ridiculous, and will not touch.
1: I'm scared of Monopoly. It just takes too long. <laughs> I mean, going to jail. Monopoly's
2: like right. That's real. Those yeah. three yeah. damn spins take I, too. long. I could feel the cold <laughs> bars in front of me when I'm in jail. You know, but I mean, so any like and. I don't know if it's just this younger generation that's just kind of a fad, like oh, that's the scariness. But you know, I was scared of being in the woods at night when I was a kid because Jason Voorhees, you know, murders people in the woods, and you hear that noise, and it's well, a lot it, of it's time... scared of a wild boar and the outtakes of lights. <laughs> uh, a lot of times, so uh... <laughs> it's real. Wild it's boars real, exist. It. What you? Hey, it's just a wild boar. King Richard Baratheon was killed by a wild boar. <laughs> there you go. Granted, he was drunk, but I mean, you know, we had people with him with spears. You don't that's fuck true. with a wild boar. That's you're what, right. You're that's right. what I said, didn't it? Yeah, you did. Say it. Don't fuck
1: with him.
0: They will fuck you up or something. Yeah. Wee, no, wee. no. Tim said that they will. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, Tim uh, was the one that was scared. A lot of things. But you were both scared, or not really, but you know. I turned. Yeah, he was the only one that was like whatever. Daniel, that is. <laughs> oh, we're back on YouTube, by the way, but it might be a different file. I definitely heard something, but I was like, eh, "It's not going to do anything." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tried to get you, and I was like,
2: "Oh shit!" <laughs> but I got you to turn, but you didn't do it. <laughs> I'm but the kind uh, that like want to see like, see something. Like, uh, uh, like, what if you did see the, like like what
0: <laughs> a wild boar or something I, I, else? I, it's almost funny that you kind of wish something did just to have it on camera. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that
2: would have been amazing.
0: You would have saw Tim like jump over everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Push everybody down,
2: <laughs> like George Costanza leaving a party. Yeah. Wouldn't that yeah. be hilarious if he pushed me down and then ran? Where he kicks you <laughs> in the leg so you can't run and then runs away.
1: He pushes you, don't fall. and He pushes you again just to make sure you do
2: to hold off whatever's coming. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, ghost. Like I'm into the Myrtles. You know, I that's something I, I would love to see it. Did but, you stay there or just did a no, tour? Did the Andrew tour? Andrew wants
0: to do that too.
1: But uh, I just went to the restaurant. The, you good food. A lot of things that I've really, heard it's good. Like yeah, seriously,
0: a lot of things that. Really give you the biggest influence in terms of what scares you and whatnot is when you're young. Mm-hmm. Uh, sixth birthday party had bad weather, like like tornado nearby, and I was scared of weather for twelve not twelve years, until I was about 11, 12 years old. And I you know I hate it. I wind. bet you
2: Twister scared the shit out of you.
0: No, but I do like that horrible movie because of that. Excuse me. That aspect of uh, visuals are pretty cool. I like it because it's that's Bill real, Paxton. though.
2: That's that's real. A tornado no, can no, come and kill no, you. No, But like, yeah, no, Ghost. it doesn't
0: have to be real. It's just stuff that you watch. If we were to never watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure and saw Large Mars, we'd be like, "This is stupid shit." <laughs> but since we watched it when we were little, that scared the fuck out of me, and it still kind of does. Just because <laughs> that—I that, mean, it's it, that part it, of you. It's yeah. that innate <laughs> fear.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, going up in the Jaws era. You know, I still go to the beach. It's never out of my mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you know, Jaws is out there. And no,
0: it, I was thinking that on the on the boat trip. I was like, what the hell are we going to do if something like knocks us over? I'm <laughs> scared to death. Just a
1: bunch of sharks. I can't
0: swim that well. I have a life jacket on, but I can't swim that well. I'm going to depend on somebody else,
2: too. <laughs> That's well, there, partly the reason I was scared we of the water. life jackets water. on? Yeah. I don't remember that. Did, Did we? we? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. They were, they were on the boat, but we didn't have them no, on. No, we didn't have them on. Yeah, I didn't have them on. Yeah, but I mean, thankfully we weren't, far, except for that first, Part that was far from shore, yeah. but you know we had it, dolphins around us. So it was fun. dolphins protect humans. <laughs> there you go. It was That's fun. So but in the back of my, you know. It kind of scared me. A <laughs> I was more scared than them damn jellyfish. Like yeah, were, like I didn't really want to. Yeah. I was like yeah. I really hope I don't fall in right. Ah! <laughs> 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 oh man. Anyway, but yeah. Yeah, they're uh, large. I don't. You know, ghosts. I got to see it to believe it. Now somebody tells me that ghost and. Oh, oh, I hate to spend, like, all this time talking about ghosts, but... Uh stupid
0: shows? Yeah. We talked
2: about them before, but honestly, I'm not... If you've seen a ghost, I'm not saying you're a liar, but the brain is a very powerful organ. No kidding. I mean, I dreamed that I fight Tyrannosaurus Rexes and fly through space and be superheroes, you know? And cocaine's a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you never know what these people did that night. Yeah, but I mean, well, you know, we would see that on
1: the news. <laughs> yeah, you
2: know. and you—I know, mean, we've all seen something out of the corner of our eye where we thought something, you know. But yeah. I mean, you know, and, uh, uh Rorschach test. What do you see? I see, you know, uh, I see a wolf's head. I see the devil. You, you know, see mean, a pair
0: of tits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and,
2: yeah. uh, and you know, if somebody showed us a Rorschach test, we'd all see something different. Mm-hmm. You know, but I would have to see an apparition. It'd have to be Ghostbusters style mm-hmm. through the wall, like whoosh. And then it's gone. The damn go- the the first ghost on Ghostbusters. Yeah, scared a shit out of me. See, I'd be more like that. Looks like two people playing talking in front of a lamp, just so people could see on YouTube. See, they actually not that when I'm trying to make it more of a picture. It's like two dinosaurs.
0: It looks like the middle part. It, to be totally honest with you is Italy and Sicily with the boot. <laughs> I know. <don't>, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's Sicily right there. <laughs> Italy going
2: down. That's so funny. But wait. See, I mean, these look wait. Like wait. Here.
0: That looks like Europe.
2: <laughs> like <laughs> Europe turned. Oh mirror. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. It, it yeah.
1: is. Damn. So a bitch. You nailed it. Because that is. Ex- that is. That is exactly Europe. what yep. it is. We've, wow. been, we've been fooled. <laughs> Bamboozled. <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs>
2: that doesn't count.
1: Damn. That, I can't that, believe. Is that how
2: easy it is to make a Rorschach? <laughs> Just take. a, You know. <laughs> pretty Let's much. Probably. Outline the countries. Hmm. <laughs> I just see a, a wizard with his tongue out. There's his hat and there's his eyes. Yeah, he's yeah. like an animal. He's, an, he's a squirrel wizard. It's like a human yeah, Christmas
1: a, tree. It's like a bug. Big bug.
2: <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I mean, that proves the point right there. Like, you know,
1: I, you know I, an orb in an
2: picture. I actually picture. saw the literal thing on the... Like, I know, What do you, you see? Funny. I see Europe. I see Bitch, Europe. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a realist. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You know, people... No fooling you. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the only the only paranormal thing that's ever ever happened to me was a, I saw an unidentified flying object. Not mm-hmm. saying it's a UFO with aliens in it, but it was an unidentified flying object. Well, it was gas from a weather balloon
0: exploding? It could have been and affected <laughs> the life off of Jupiter. I'll,
2: I'll tell it real quick because I'm sure somebody out there is probably like, "Oh, I love UFO stuff. I'd love to hear this." So I here's know, I know here's, what here's you're the story. Say. Me and Art, Aud- Aud- me and Aud- Well, mm-hmm. we really I was actually coming over here for something. And Autumn was going over to a friend's house, blah, blah, blah. We pull out of our driveway, and there's these two clearly orange lights, like, directly above each other. And when I that f- on first glance, like, oh, that's a, that's a, I never noticed that tower there before, like, and there's no lights there now or any other night of the, ever. Uh, so, and I knew something, I knew I was not, I knew something was unique about it, because then my wife, at the end, she stopped at the stop sign and stayed there, and I'm still staring at him like, what is that? And, and then we get out of the car and stare at it, like, hard, like, you know, like, Okay, it, they're directly above each other. I mean, just like a radio tower, like, you know, one looks like it's a mile above the other one, but they're directly above each other. I'm like, oh, that's really weird. So then we come back later that night, they're gone, you know, hours later, of course. But mm-hmm. then the thing that cemented this experience for me was in Perry told me one night, after I told him about it, he said, and his, he brought his wife out there to witness it too, uh, two orange lights directly above each other where there were no other lights before. Now, that could easily be explained. There, it could be a weather balloon, to, you know, something directly above each other. I don't know. Therefore, it truly is an unidentified flying object.
1: Did you ever look it up on Google just to see if you nah. found something similar? Well, <laughs> I take
2: it back. I searched orange lights, denim springs, just to see if anybody else, uh, and nothing came up, so I was just like, eh. So none of these look like that? I mean, they weren't... They weren't we're looking at like that looks like too many suns I mean it was like it looked like oh. a light in the sky just like a normal like a star almost or yeah but bright I mean maybe a little bit brighter than something like that and of course you know why don't you take a picture well I have an iPhone try to take a picture of the night sky with your iPhone <laughs> I yeah. wish I would have at least maybe an, give an example of it maybe. maybe maybe it picked something up but I knew I figured it would be pointless with an iPhone take a picture and 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 if it was aliens, that ties us back into enemy mine. <laughs> to round wrap this up, but uh, hmm. some interesting trivia on this one, though only a few things, but nevertheless some interesting stuff. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. actually performed all those vocalizations himself. Mm-hmm. There's no post production on his voice in this movie at all, which is that was pretty amazing to me because it's very like giggity, roar. <laughs> that's a terrible imitation. But if you've seen the movie or you watch some clips on YouTube, you'll you can kind of get a taste of it. Uh, this is actually pretty cool if you really 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 like this version of this movie and you love it so much uh, the outside scenes like the volcano the lava and everything they were shot in Lanzaret uh, which is one of the canary islands near Spain at the Montanas de Fuego National Park uh, the rest was filmed at the Bavaria Film Studios in Munich which is in Germany and to this day a few of these sets are still on the studio tour yeah. so what was it 85 we're yeah. in 2014 let's round it up you know almost 30 years later there's still sets from this movie that are in one piece. Uh, Author Barry Longyear reported at convention that the studio insisted on adding the subplot involving a mine, which we kind of joked about earlier. thinking the audience would not realize that the mine was a possessive, as in my enemy, rather than an actual physical object. Because audiences are not, not everybody. Well, the first rule of mass communication is you never underestimate your audience, but sometimes you got to slap them in the face with obviousness. Uh, The pond, like where they're they meet, Davidge and Jerry meet. That's been used not only in this movie, but two other Wolfgang Peterson films, one being Das Boot, and also my favorite, The NeverEnding Story, which, if it was, it might be the scene, if it's the scene I'm thinking of that it was used, this is a very sad, solemn place for Aww. me. <laughs> so, have you seen The NeverEnding Story, Daniel? I don't know. Oh, never you're going to get blown away how great this that movie is. Don't build it up. I'm building it up because it's damn good. <laughs> my never-ending love for it. One of the best 80s movies theme songs of all time. Uh, the whole film was originally shot in some place in Iceland, which I am not even going to try to pronounce, because uh, there was a. Wolfgang Peterson was the original director. Well, the original director got fired. They hired Wolfgang Peterson, so they re, they started over and reshot the entire film, which is what we ended up with. And hmm. speaking of directors on this film, none other than Terry Gilliam was offered the chance to direct. Terry Gilliam, mm-hmm. uh, you familiar with that name? Uh, yeah, that's. I'm I'm trying to put you on the spot with John Cleese and all that yeah Yeah. he was one of the Monty Python troupe and directed some stuff but instead of directing Enemy Mine he chose to do his own movie as Jesse stated Brazil (laughs) so Caveman was very very happy about that Hmm. Uh, which Brazil was 1985 you know maybe if I'm ever sick and don't want to do a podcast for whatever reason we'll just tell Cave to come and talk 20 minutes about Brazil (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and well that'll be the episode uh the Drac language is created from scratch, but however much of it is Russian spoken backwards. Mm-hmm. So Russian people are probably like, oh, he just said this in Russian, but backwards. you're <laughs> doing Russian wrong. Interesting. <laughs> but anyway, Daniel, in closing, I'm glad to hear that you actually, you know, you like this movie. Uh, I guess I should have mentioned before you said what you thought, what I thought you might say, but I, this this seemed one to me, like, you know, it might have been one, like you mentioned, like one of those two or three... Watches for, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, part of it now, part of it later. But nevertheless, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, so what would you give this film out of 10? I'd about a, about a seven.
0: Well, that's amazing. Yeah,
2: that's I amazing. would also give it a seven. <laughs> Whoa, same page. Mm-hmm. So, good, good job. You want to do sports or? It's, it's a sports.
0: Sports Rewind. This one's a pretty good one if you're kind of, Older than us listening to (laughs) the podcast. um, Anyway, mine came out on December 20th of 1985. On December 20th. The same Found one the exact same day. Sportscaster Howard Cosell retired from television sports after 20 years with ABC. And he's probably the most famous, or at least like through the 60s, 70s, and Mm -hmm. early 80s. He was the most famous announcer. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did Monday Night Football when it first started. Uh, Now you think of people like John Madden, my favorite, Al Michaels. Uh, You got uh, Mike DiRico, which is a a big... He did this uh, LSU game yesterday. Hmm. Uh, So uh, he was... What was he? TV Guide in 1993 named him the all-time best sportscaster. I don't really remember him. He's a little bit... He's a little bit old for us, but do y'all have any favorite
2: <laughs> sportscasters? I uh, like Bob Eucher. I like Harry Carey. <laughs> uh, Bob of course, was, uh, cool. what's, was it Dick? Who was it in NBA Jam? Was it Dick Vitale? What was his no. name? No, Dick Vitale was a college basketball. Oh, He's a college
0: basketball name? analyst, so I'm not sure. Or at
2: least the uh, NBA Jam one was a, was based on some dip, somebody. I don't know. Let's maybe what, maybe I made it up. Boom shakalaka. Announcer,
1: announcer.
2: Voiced by Tim Kitzrow. Mar- Marv Albert. Albert. That's oh, it. Gotcha. Yeah, the uh, the uh, pantyhose wearing guy. Yeah. He or something pick. like that. Yeah, he gets caught he with had, hookers. He had, yeah,
0: relations outside his marriage.
2: <laughs> but, Haven't uh, we all? <laughs>
0: Just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, right now, Al Michaels is my favorite, followed by, uh, I really like Mike Tirico. Mm-hmm. But, anyway, Howard Cassell was one of the most famous ever. He
2: retired on December 20th. He retired that day. Wow. And then he went and saw Enemy Mine and gave it (laughs) part of its 1.5 million opening weekend. And that was Sports Rewind. In the real world, on the same, actually, no, I'm sorry, this one was uh, four days before, on December 16th, 1985. In New York City, mafia boss Paul Steno and Thomas Bellotti are shot dead in front of Spark Steakhouse, making the hit organizer John Gotti the leader of the most powerful Gambino-organized crime family at the time. Hey. hey. Joe Pesci. Yeah, I wish he was here. He could have read that. Mm-hmm. And it would have been scary.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
2: so just to give you a time frame, this you know, movie's roughly about uh, 30 years old, 29 years old. So, Cool. Yep. That's when all that happened. And now for the Back to the Future segment, I'm going to go over my top five films of the year. Ooh! And I didn't really put them in order, but I will.
0: Yeah, go ahead and put them over. Um,
1: of this year?
2: Yeah. Wow. Last year, so good 2014. Luck with that. <laughs> number one. <laughs> what comes out this summer? Captain America: The Winter Soldier. <laughs> nah. Godzilla. Last year, excuse me. I hope me. Godzilla's good. Oh, me too. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh I Let me see. Be, I hope it will be. <laughs> I have a clear fate. I have a clear best, which okay. I've actually said on the podcast before. But the Can other I ones go? are no. The four other okay. four in no particular order. Uh, Place beyond the pines with Gosling and Cooper. I'll never watch it again. But it's very very good. That one time I watched it, the you know the the the, the impact of it is lessened the second time you watch it to where okay it, it's not as good. I would say I haven't yes, watched it. Yes, but not as good. Uh, has, has one of the best shots of the year with a huge, uh, extremely long opening tracking shot. You follow Gosling out of a tent, walks all the way through the you know carnival. I'm gonna say a circus. Waits in line, then he puts on his helmet, rides his bike into the ring. Uh, you know the big metal circle where they ride uh-huh. the bikes around, does Seen the whole the thing. The land circus. I we want to. And comes out. You know, very very well done film, well acted. This is the film that maybe like not hate Bradley Cooper but it that way. Mm. I could stand him. Like mm-hmm. I saw. Or, to me, he proved he can actually. Act, not just like his character from The Hangover, so that would be one of my top one of my top five. Uh, of course, Star Trek in the Darkness, which for a time was my favorite film of the year. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, also, Gravity, naturally, mm. uh, probably the best directed film of the year, honestly, because uh, of course Alfonso Cuarón also did Children of Men and Harry Potter and uh, oh, yeah. Three. Uh, I've always always liked his his work and Gravity I'm glad that he had a of course Harry Potter 3 was a big hit but I mean and, and a, I think it was the I best directed of the, uh, of the of yeah. the franchise but he has a very real the best way to describe it would be an epic realism like there's nothing really over the top but his composition and is just amazing I mean like children remember they're running out of the building in the mm. end and the, with the tank and it shoots and the, tri- the sh- I mean the,
0: the motorcycle scene yeah, in a car. I thought that was
2: <laughs> and he is extremely talented, and um, I'm glad Gravity was such a big hit because honestly, uh, when I'd go see movies and it was a, it was previewed in front of it, people would get people would giggle at the trailer in the theater for Gravity, just because it shows her spinning like help me, yeah, you know like and people mm-hmm. would actually laugh at it. I'm like, you know, you know, kind of you know I don't hate it when people laugh at anything that's not funny in a movie anyway. Like it pisses like me off.
0: breathtaking moments in that movie were right? like oh my. God.
2: Well, I think that's what people, uh-huh. when who went and saw it, uh-huh. you know, which a lot of people did because it was a huge hit. You know, Especially anybody that the- laughed at the trailer, by, oh, but this wasn't funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> this was amazing, and pro- it was probably the best movie to ever see in 3D. I'd say. I mean, it was. I got lucky enough to see it in IMAX 3D. Uh, let's see. That was. Let's see. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the last two, including the best film of the year, in my opinion, both start with M. Uh, one of the. Uh, the other round out the four that aren't the winners would be, of course, Man of Steel. Talked about it on here before. Teared up several times in the movie. Watched it many times since. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's just good. It's a, it's um, I can't, I'm speechless. I mean, to mm-hmm. can't, to describe it better than that, it's just so damn good to me. Uh, infinitely to me, it's it's much more rewatchable than any of the Nolan Batman's. I'm not saying that in a disrespecting that, but like, Nolan's Batman's are so especially Dark Knight. It's, it's just so intense. You know, they're, in, they're edge of your seat type, but Man of Steel is just so good. There's just, you know, it's a, it's a little bit happier, even though the whole human race is facing extinction, not just, you know, Gotham City. But uh, it's just, and I think uh, clearly, obviously, in my personal experience, to do with the fact of growing up with the other Superman movies with Christopher Reeve and everything. So it's, it plucks my heartstrings. <laughs> but my favorite film of the year, which I really hope at least gets nominated for Best Picture, would of course be Mud with Matthew McConaughey, and also General Zod himself, Michael Shannon, is in it. He says this is a weird part
0: for him. Like, yeah, yeah I'll do it. It's, it's like, like a, a part-time movie gig.
2: And Mud it has a seven point five in IMDb, which blows my mind. Like Mud's about a nine. It's it's so, so you good. I was mm-hmm. oh, like, good. Huh? Mm-hmm. And like I, I heard, uh, my friend, our friend Jason said, like, "Oh, it's really good. You should check it out." You fall in love with the characters, exactly, and yeah. that's what makes it. And even the kids in this movie are two of the best young actors ever. The like main know, kid to me, is, I, I like the other one. But the main kid just steals. It. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, He's, Kai he's sitting there in a the film with Sam Shepard, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Whom I'm missing. I'm missing another big actor, uh, Michael Shannon, and the, his dad was a great actor too. Uh, his name escapes me. Uh, Joe Don? Maybe. No, that was the the old guy in the... uh, That was uh, the mob boss or whatever you want to call it. Oh, it's
0: him. Ray Ray McKinnon.
2: McKinnon. Yep, he was... Mm. I mean, every person in this movie is so good. There's a a scene with him and riding in the truck with him. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, and the movie is not what you think it's about. Like, Mm. I mean, there's like... It's almost like... uh, I can't think of an example. I had one in the back of my head, but I lost it. It's just a lot of intersecting things come together. Also, there's, yeah, I guess, kind of what you said, there's a lot of
0: separate things going on. Mm-hmm.
2: You, you said it, right? The but they go together. together like, mm-hmm. you know, McConaughey's relationship with Witherspoon. Along with and her, th- the boys. Th- different. Exactly. And I, th- I think Mud, like, I, as a male, like... I think men can relate to it a lot better because of some of the games if, the fair um, sex tend to do at younger ages yeah, to this, our poor little hearts.
0: This doesn't, this doesn't show women in the best light.
2: I think it shows them. I think it shows. And I don't want to say because my If you if you if you're interested in a movie, please go see it. Because I want I don't want yeah. to say anything about that because uh, or elaborate on that. But you're all right uh, without people seeing it and making their own judgments. But. I think it's a very with as far as part of what you're saying to be obscure is right on the money, and the other part is, that's what people do at that age. Yeah. You know, it, 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 but it was but what that kid feels is so real. Like he did. Like it's almost like, okay, okay, okay I gotta stop talking I'm gonna spoil something. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. but yeah. So, so to round it out, uh, Place <laughs> of the Pines, Star Trek in the Darkness, Man of Steel, Gravity, and Mud. I could have done ten, but I figured we'll keep it at five because next week, the five worst movies of the year.
1: Ooh.
2: So tune in next week for Disaster Peace Theater. Uh, but anyway, don't forget also speaking of uh, best movies of the year, uh, awesome podcast networks on Timothy Bridgewater, Tim Dog 326326. Uh, he did his top 10 of the year. Uh, a couple from my list make that. actually a few if you want to be specific. Uh, so check that out. see what he has to say so what his opinions were of his top 10 films of the year. it's on YouTube. Uh, check that out and also Geekly Dose. Uh, I think they did some of theirs last year maybe as well. Their films of the year, or something like that. I don't remember. But check out the old episodes, and of course, uh, on the awesome podcast network, there are other podcasts such as the aforementioned Geekly Dose, uh, Hero Clicks, uh, Hero Clicks Duo Attack, <laughs> which it is, is about Hero, Hero Clicks, yeah. <laughs> as well as why don't you know this Republic City Report with Tim Br- the aforementioned previously mentioned mm-hmm. Tim Bridgewater, and also the Jesse Sedgley podcast, where you can learn a, lo- a lot about the people in Jesse's life if you care. Every once in a while, yeah. So check those out, and again, if you want to hit us up with an email, send us your picks for the best film of the year. Uh, I will say I haven't seen a lot of the big movies that have come out late in the year, like American Hustle or uh, uh, Her with Joaquin Phoenix. That I've gotten a lot of Oscar buzz because we're we're in the middle of award season right now. A lot of the films Mud came out earlier this year, like May, yeah, May, which could hurt it exactly. Which uh, in fact, a perfect example last year, The Gray with Liam Neeson came out, I think, in like January, February, and the studio was pushing to re-release it around award season just to make people remember the job, the acting job that Neeson did, which they didn't re-release. And Mm. it's a shame because he was phenomenal, as as always. But now he's taken on mysterious terrorists in planes between Europe and America in his new movie, Die Hard on a Plane, (laughs) in a sense, but with a mystery. Sure. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It just never amazes me. Like, you know, Die Hard comes out and then, under Siege, Die Hard on a boat. It's just, what Under Siege 2, Die Hard on a train. It's gotta be something. It, just put him on another vehicle. <laughs> you know, I want to see Die Hard on a lifeboat from the Titanic. They're all on the boat together. Yeah. Where is he? What are you? be amazing. No, but anyway. Uh, but tune in next week as we cover, I think only our, this will be our, our second Arnold movie? Is that correct?
1: What's your point in that?
2: Anchorman, Anchorman two. Man 2.
1: Uncredited who? Oh, yeah. We did Nathan. three.
2: We did two Arnold movies already. Yeah, we did Predator and... Terminator. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, Mike, yeah I remember talking about Michael Bean Because he's going to be at Comic-Con this year, along with Linda Hamilton.
1: In New Orleans Comic-Con. Yeah, which... Uh,
2: I'm hoping when I go get his autograph, I can say, hey, can you say, you're listening to Age Visited on the Awesome Podcast Network, and he doesn't, you know, say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him 20 bucks for it. Say it. <laughs> So we'll see what happens. In fact, if you've been to a con before, and uh, I've heard other podcasts where people are, have, done, have gotten yeah. people specific to their show at cons to like... They've like it, done so. like
1: five minute interviews yeah. at times, you know. The time you're sitting there just chatting with them could be the interview, you know. Yeah, I might I have to just like turn the iPhone on? Or just say, you know, can I... You know,
2: yeah, uh, hey, how you doing?
1: Run A few questions.
2: <laughs> yeah, depending on how busy they are. Because uh, when we yeah. went last year, when we went, you know, the the whole Next Generation crew was there and they the whole time we were there, like I saw like three people anything. at yeah. their booth, which in my opinion, it's because you're charging fucking 60 bucks for an autograph and that's yeah, crazy. Nobody, you know, Trekkies care about you, but <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, but of course, everybody's at Norman Reedus' booth because yep. that's the new hotness. Fucking uh, dead. Everything. Yeah. that I mean, he had the back. longest line. He's been there every, every year. Every year. Yeah. You know. Uh, easy money, I guess. Pretty much for him and I, I would base. I would also say it's, he seems like he likes it or like you know enjoys right. interacting with people because his line was long because there was a lot of people. But also it took a while to get through because he was he would actively talk to people, which was really great. I mean he took a picture with me and my wife, chatted for like maybe, you know less than a minute. But I mean it's not just like Stan Lee, When I'm at Stanley, there's like, hey, how you doing? What's the name? Like Trey. Like, there you go. Thanks. You know I mean <laughs> next. Yeah I mean because. And he turned ninety-one this past week, so happy birthday, uh, Stanley! Or was it last didn't even week. Didn't say uh, what's his catchphrase? Excelsior! Excelsior! He did sound that. I did say. Oh, I did, he did say. I did that. say oh, you can write Excelsior. <laughs> okay. You're like, okay. But I mean, you know, two seconds. Whereas I'll do whatever you say, Trey. The other, uh, the other guest, uh, I guess the less, I hate to use the term important, but less frenzied. Right. Right. Yes. You know, you get a little you Get that chat, which yeah. is which is really cool. Like that's. I I recently started rereading comics last year because I got an iPad, so I can actually ha- read them now without having to store them and bo- you know, buy them and I mean uh, buy them physically and store them in boxes and everything. But uh, you know I go to just see you know I always look for that one celebrity I want to right like go see like this year it's gonna be I mean Fred, Robert Unglund's there, Freddy Krueger's there right. I want to go shake Freddy Krueger's hand <laughs> and I'm actually bringing my glove from Halloween. I'm gonna get him to sign the glove. Oh nice. And I got a wooden hand thing, you know like an artist. Thing, so, I'm gonna put the glove on that with a signature on and put it in my hand case on eBay, right? So, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's why I go to Comic Con, but then, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm, I'm I hope y'all had fun last year, but yeah, the first year we went, it seemed a lot more, uh, bigger, I guess would be a word to say. But, yeah. but anyway, next week, Conan the Destroyer, our third on movie. Of course, Arnold is an 80s icon. And, you know, I'd be wondering, well, Barbarian came out first. Yeah, but in the 80s, I pretty much only watched mainly Destroyer because mm. Barbarian was rated R and had a whole bunch of titties. So that one was not oh, actively God. played in my house till much later in my life. So we're going to do Destroyer first. We will cover Barbarian down the road. Mm. But next week, cool, then, the Destroyer. How about that? How about that, huh? But until next week, I remain Trey Harris. Daniel Sinangelo. Yes, he said Cowabunga! I was trying to imitate Lewis Gossett Jr., but it just sounded like I had a seizure or something. <laughs>